of God series that we've had this summer and and wrapping up this version of the kids artwork they did fantastic for us didn't they good job kids they have no clue why we're applauding them but they colored well and on shoe week you adults colored well too um, I want to pray and I want to ask you to pray with me we're, we're, we're talking about prayer today And I know that we had a series in the fall where we looked at the Lord's Prayer. It's something we talk a lot about, but honestly, I think we just sometimes still don't get it all, right? And so let's just uh, pray together. Here's what I want to do. I want us to just sit still for like 15 seconds, and we're going to ask God to speak. And um, best we can, we're going to trust that God will do just that, okay? So let's sit still for a second. Jesus, we, we bring all that's on our mind to you right now and ask that you would slow us and even take these few seconds to do that work of slowing us down. talk about prayer today, God, would you remind us how to talk to you? Would you remind us how to listen? Would you remind us who to listen to? Thanks. Your name? Amen. Well, this section of Ephesians ends with, with this in verse 18. We see, pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. This is not a standalone verse. This is in the context of the armor of God. And right away it stands out that it says, at all times, this is what we're to be doing. Right? So this is like the whole armor of God, be armed in it all with your helmet of salvation, your breastplate of righteousness, your shield of faith, all of this be armed at all times in prayer and in supplication. What are those things? When I think of prayer, I kind of think of, and this is a little outdated because we don't do it the same, but like uh, tuning in to a, like particularly like an AM frequency. I just lost half the room. But I remember growing up, I would go fishing with my dad all the time. And fishing meant that I got Sprite and licorice in an AM radio. And we would listen to baseball. And it was an AM radio that had like a dial. I just lost the other half. And, and I would work so hard to find the baseball game. And, and it was a pretty broad range that you could hear it. And sometimes it'd be kind of crackly. And sometimes it'd be really clean. And you'd have to like aim the antenna as if I knew where I was aiming it, but I acted like this art was an art I was good at. And I became the one who could find the the game and just became good at dialing into the frequency of of the baseball game. And that's kind of what I think of in prayer. Prayer is really being attuned and dialed into what God is saying and where God is. It's not always a ton of words. 
It's sometimes like that time, if any of you are a little slower to speak or a little more introverted, those times where you have great times with one of your best friends, but you don't say a lot. You know when you can have really good time and, and there's, there's less words being passed? You're just enjoying being together. Prayer can be like that. You can be doing something else and be praying, being tuned in to the frequency of God, being listening to God as well as just being present together. But then there's this fancy word, supplication, which uh, sounds too smart for me, but supplication is really this earnest and honest asking. That is words. We're to be tuned in to God and we're to be using our words asking, honestly, vulnerably, humbly, for what it is that we need. Even dare say what it is that we think we want. But here, here's the, the interesting twist in here. Oftentimes I've seen prayer is like, I go away and I go pray about my stuff. And, and if I'm real insecure, I pray a lot about my stuff. I supplicate a lot about my stuff. And then I come stand next to you. And if we're going to pray together, then we like, like little kids parallel play. We parallel pray. You pray for your stuff. I'll pray for mine. I'll add my amen at the end, but I don't need to know your stuff. That's not what we see here. We see pray in the spirit at all times. Uh, I always persevere in the supplication for all the saints. See, I'm not just praying for me. I'm praying for us, but not just us. Praying for all the saints. And this is where I think this passage speaks really loud today. Let's be honest. Many of us put armor on to come into a place that is quote unquote Christian. Many of us put armor on to come to a church. Many of us have been hurt by other people who are supposed to be allies, peers, friends, sisters, brothers. And that memory of being hurt is really fresh. And that wound is real. And so we don't really want to share our life because our sharing has been weaponized before. You ever have that? I hope you haven't, but I think in a room like this, plenty of us have. Where we share something, hoping that somebody is going to pray with us, for us, that, that they're going to be with us. And then all of a sudden that comes back as like, oh, we can't be trusted because we're struggling with this. Or, or we, you know, we aren't somebody to be around. I remember one time sharing with some people about some challenges that my family had. And I thought I was in this real safe space. And then it came back that maybe I wasn't fit to lead at all because my house was just under too much stress and so maybe my job shouldn't be my job and i remember being like oh like so this isn't safe this isn't what i thought it was i thought i was coming to a place where we were praying and 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 sharing concerns so that we could go to the father together and that this was a vulnerable place where we were all holding that but instead it was a place where like my challenges were recorded and used against me. Maybe we can trust a small group. Maybe, just maybe we can trust a church. But we can't trust them out there. Right? We can't trust whoever it is. 
But we're told in here that this is about all the saints. And, and, and I think we miss what prayer really can be. You see, prayer is a space where we are to know and we are to be known. That's what prayer is. Prayer is a space where we know that there's a profound love of God and that there's the humanity in one another. And I'm not just talking about fallen humanity. I'm talking about image bearer humanity. Prayer is to be this sacred space, this uh, what like the, the Scottish and Celts and all that talk about as a thin space where heaven and earth are near. And we're overwhelmed by the experience of God's love and God's presence. And overwhelmed by the honor it is to know one another. And it's also the place where we are known. Where we can come as we are. Where we can list our anxieties or our fears. Or what is making us tired. Or what is making us rejoice. What's giving us peace. What's actually giving us comfort. And we can be known there. Prayer is a slow space. I've told you all before, I think that our culture moves at the speed of Twitter and our hearts move at the speed of poetry. And we need to do just that. We need to have spaces where we slow down so that we can know and we can be known. And this is a place for all the saints. So here's a question that I have that I, I'm not going to answer. It's a question that I want you to stew on. Who determines who all is? If we're to lift prayer for all of the saints, who gets to determine who the all is? Is it you? Is it me? Is our church who comes together and like we collectively agree these are, the, these are the all and these are the, the outside? Who determines who the saints are? Is it us? Is it people who vote alike or look alike or sin alike? Or could this be something bigger? Could all the saints be, be God's call? And our job is to run around and treat each other like we're part of the all. If you catch a supplication from somebody, if you catch somebody's need, can, can we just pray for it as if they're part of all the saints? Can we do that before we do the work of de deciding if we think they're in or out? If they're good or not good enough? If they're deserving of our prayer? I'm not saying you really do this, but I am saying I think sometimes we do this. So who gets to answer that? And this isn't talking about vague well wishes. Right? Like, oh, I hope everybody has a good day. No, this is like actually knowing the needs. It's actually knowing the cries of people's hearts. So last week I, I got to be on, on vacation and my family went to Virginia and we had fun being in Virginia. Whatever that means. And, and to me, like, vacation is like getting away, right? And, and we got away, and it was this really lovely trip. And a couple times, I'm thinking of this sermon in the background, because even on vacation, you're, you're working like 2%, right? 
So I'm thinking about it a little bit in, in, in the background. And thinking about all the saints and thinking about when we are relieved from it. And we're, we're not. We're, we're to always, at all times, be praying. And a couple times, Nikki tells me she gets an alert on her phone that there's another shooting in Louisville. That there's teenagers, again, who are shot. I believe she said a 16 and a 17. Because there are a lot of shootings in our city. And these shootings are real people who have real families, who now have real grief and real anger and real desire for vengeance and real fear and all of this stuff. And these people are all the saints. So what is our calling? We need to be praying and not be praying, oh, stop people from shooting. But like, what, what's, what's making this happen? What can we actually do to help? Because you see, prayer and supplication always leads to action, right? Where we actually do something. When we see a need and then we, we start to like baby step towards it. So we have this class, you guys know, after every other week or so, after church, we, we go down to Broadway and have a class. And, and our, our friend Whitney saw that we have a, a, a new friend, Lizette, who's being baptized next week. We're, I'm calling you out, sorry. But it, it's great that she has joined us. She has changed us because anybody who comes in changes who we are, right? We're different as soon as someone comes in. And Lizette's first language is Spanish. Beautifully speaks English, but first language is Spanish. But she's part of us now. So Whitney does the work to translate our documents into Spanish. Because all the saints doesn't mean English speaking. All the saints doesn't mean white hue or male. All the saints doesn't mean any determining thing. It means like, oh, okay. So if there is a need for the word of God to be presented in Spanish or for these experiences with God to be presented in Spanish, then we need to present it in Spanish. And we're doing our best to, to respond to that more and more. And hopefully, as we're now physically in our location again, we can do that more and more. What are the needs of our neighbors? How do we pray for one another? How do we know one another? As we persevere in the supplication for all the saints, that requires real listening and real knowing. And so a, for a question for you and for me is who has our ear? Who are we listening to? And how are we listening? When we hear that there's more shootings in the city, sometimes, honestly, I want to just shut down because I don't know what to do. That's... There's so many. It's so violent. I, I, I don't know. So I just want to distance or shut down or give my ear to fear. Give my ear to anxiety. But who, who needs our ear at that time? Well, the very people who are traumatized by this. The very people who are affected. Both the one who is shot and the one who's shooting. So how do we give our ear to the people who need us the most? Not, not that we have something to offer, 
but, but Jesus really does. Who are we yet to listen to? And the reality is, if I'm going to honestly and earnestly ask on someone's behalf, I have to listen to them. And if I'm going to listen to them, that means that I have to stop talking. And I have to slow down and be in front of them. And for me to slow down, that means that I have to see them. And this might be where we start. And one church, I'm not saying this as corrective to us. We have done this. But I also know when we go into a year and a half of COVID and we go through all the change that we've gone through and and we go through some of us being on, well, all of us being on Zoom at one point and then some of us being on Zoom and some in person, we forget who we are. Everybody does this. So let's begin remembering. We came together on the idea of listening to one another. I'm, I'm praying for one another. I'm sharing this life together. I'm believing that we are one, not because we are really good, but because Jesus has called us to be one. And that's enough. So there's some work that we can do to do this. What does this earnest asking look like? And what does it look like to to really pray and go through supplication for somebody? Well, Paul gives us an example in the next two verses here. After saying, persevere in supplication for all the saints, he says, pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with the boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. So he's in chains. He has all the reason to be nervous, all the reason for hesitation. And he says, hey, church that I love, as you're praying for one another, pray for me and pray that I might have boldness. This is big to me. You know, if if you've read Acts 20 and verse 20, he says to this very church that, that he, he never shrunk back in their time from being who God invited him to be. Not once did he stop boldly proclaiming who God was. I look at his situation. I even look at how I would pray for someone in his situation, and I would probably pray for relief. I give him like a cold iced tea in there. Bust him out like you busted other people out. Maybe reverse it and put someone mean in. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty broken still. And he's like, no, don't, don't worry about that. I'm going to go talk to the authorities. As I go, what I want is to make sure that I do that boldly. And so our job in prayer and supplication is to pray that Paul can do just that, or the Pauls of our day. See, the reminder that we're given is that this is the whole armor of God, and we're, we know who it is that we're fighting. We started with this, and we're ending with this. We are not fighting one another. We're not fighting people of other religions. 
We're not fighting people who don't know Jesus in the way that we think we know Jesus. We're not fighting anybody who wears skin. That's not our enemy. That's our sister. That's our brother. That's our friend. That's our family. They may not know it, but we're to fight for them, not against them. That's our job. And we're to do this armed with the armor of God and in prayer, constantly in tune with God and proclaiming what it is that we need. Hey, God, really, this city, not as this blanket thing, but like real families need relief. Real families need to experience this wave of peace as there's so much anger. Real families need to have time off from work so they can grieve. Real families need to be able to slow down and have the resources necessary to begin to believe that God could put their lives back together. I believe part of our job, part of our role, part of our honor is to to begin to take baby steps towards this. Where we stand firm. And we stand together daily. At the end of 1 Corinthians, we hear this closing again that I think think fits what we're talking about as we wrap up the summer of God. You see it written in verse 13. Keep alert. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous and be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. I know sometimes we don't want to be alert because that makes us nervous. Well, God is, God is big and God's still good. So be alert. Stand firm. We won't be a people who shrink back, not because we're awesome, but because God's faithful. Let's be courageous. Let's be strong. But more than anything, let's stand together in love. Because that is what transforms us as individuals, as a community. That's what wins, right? So we're not doing any of this on our strength. We're doing this because of who who Jesus is. And so we're going to celebrate that like we do each week. If you didn't get communion, uh, go ahead and raise your hand. And, and Wayne is going to... Wayne is our Vanna, if you haven't met him yet. Vanna is going to bring down some communion. Go ahead and raise your hand if, you'd, if you haven't gotten one. I think of my church hurt and how long I've held on to mine. 
And this is on the night that he knew he was getting some church hurt. On the night, he, he pre-chose to forgive. He pre-chose love. And he said to his disciples, every time y'all are together and you're eating, break the loaf. Remember that that represents my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. And he raised the cup and he said, every time you're gathered, and you take the cup. I want you to remember that my blood was shed for you. He wasn't heaping guilt on you and I. He was reminding us of the power behind our love. We're not doing it on our own. The power behind our forgiveness. We're not doing it on our own. The power behind our newness. We're not doing that on our own. It is by his body and by his blood that we're made new. now as a church family into this week I want to invite you to go forward throughout this week all day every day constantly in tune with God but also with an ear to your neighbor aware of the saints who are around you learn their needs learn their desires learn their questions of God and be courageous and bold enough to bring those to the throne of grace. Trusting that the God who's never failed us never will again. Amen?